Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Cincinnati. We're almost at the 60th episode, um, which is something to shout about, isn't it, really? Let's face it. Uh, this is obviously the Bengals UK podcast, and uh, I don't quite know what to say. In fact, a lot of you, two, two people, have asked specifically not to talk about football in this episode of this podcast. Um it's going to kind of be impossible not to. I'm really sorry. Uh, we all know what's happened. We all got beat again. Well, we. Um, they got beat. We're still we. We are still we. We got beat 27-17 uh, yesterday after what can only be described as an absolute fourth quarter meltdown by Andy Dalton and the offence, which was looking pretty ropey throughout the game. But it was, you know, it was kind of, moving the ball and threatening to tie the game. And then within the blink of an eye, it was all over. Uh, anyway, my name's Paul Hirons. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for tuning in yet again during a time of uh, extreme distress, anger, frustration, sadness, heartbreak, and all those other things that uh, uh, describe Cincinnati Bengals fans at the moment. We are 0-7. It has to be said, we are 0-7. How awful is that? Another thing that's awful is that I'm on my own again this week because Nathan's uh, literally just got back from his trip to Chicago, so he's a little bit tired, bless him. But uh, Nathan will be back uh, next episode, which will be Thursday. Yes, uh, as if you didn't know, uh, the uh, our Cincinnati Bengals are in town this week. Is it, is it really this week? It's come, across, come around so quickly, really. Um, they're playing the Rams at Wembley on Sunday, the 27th of October. And uh, not only are you going to enjoy, I hope, this podcast, uh, but we're going to be recording a podcast on Thursday. We've got something very special lined up on the Friday. So suddenly we've just turned into a daily podcast for at least two days. Uh, I don't think we've got the stamina to do it every single day uh, like the Locked On guys. Uh, and I take my hat off to those guys that do that and all the Cincy Jungle stuff and all the athletic stuff that Paul and Jay does. No, we, we just haven't got the stamina for that, really. We're just going to kick back and do one a week. But no, we're going to do three this week. Have a bit of that. Um, uh, because I say, we're going to be recording live from... The Admiralty Pub on Thursday. Uh, who knows who's going to be there? It's going to be loose and agile. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to grab who we can for a chat on Thursday. But hopefully it'll give you a bit of a bit of a taste of the atmosphere in the Admiralty Pub on Thursday night, which is really... The, it's like the night before Christmas because uh, the Bengals touch down on the Friday. They, they train on uh, later that day. And then, of course, they play on uh, Sunday. But in between that time, there's going to be fun and frivolity and all the rest of it uh, in the Admiralty pub, just off, well, on Trafalgar Square uh, on Friday night and Saturday night. We're promised legends from the past. I'm still hoping for Armand Bins. Um, but we'll see who we get. Last time it was Ken Anderson and Anthony Munoz. We're still waiting for the announcement uh, of who will be coming across this time. Uh, Dan Horde and uh, Dave Lapham uh, 
are going to be hosting their pep rally on Friday evening in the Admiralty. More details to come on that. Uh, we're going to be drinking copiously. Captain Obvious and Jess will be there. I know everyone's eager to meet those guys. Um, and also we've got some stuff planned for Sunday as well. So it's going to be regardless of the football. Regardless of the football. And we hope the team doesn't get embarrassed by the Rams. That's, that's obviously goes without saying. Uh, it's going to be good fun, I think. More than anything, it's going to be a laugh. And uh, much beer is going to be drunk. And uh, many friendships made. Many songs sung. And uh, we hope that everyone has a fantastic time. Um, we have to recap yesterday. Um, 27-17. The Bengals... I don't know. Do we have to recap this? I say we, I, you, me. We're all in it together, aren't we? Um, I thought it was a weird game again. Uh, it was obviously the Bengals' uh, offence was struggling mightily in that first half to get anything going, specifically the running game. I mean, Joe Mixon, 10 carries for two yards. <laughs> that is just extraordinary. Geo four carries for zero yards. Alex Erickson, two uh, rushes for minus two. Our top rusher was Andy Dalton, four carries for 33 yards. But you knew this already. Um, Andy had a bit of a shocker yesterday. I don't think there's anything uh, to get away. You can't get away from it. You can't say otherwise. Just the way the ball was coming out of his hand. He missed Tyler Boyd on a stonewall touchdown. He underthrew him. Uh, it counts as a drop, I think, but uh, by Boyd, who also had a bit of a shocker yesterday with his fumble and a couple of drops. Uh, but Andy was concerned. Andy really concerned me yesterday. The ball was coming out, you know, again, slightly behind his targets, slightly wobbly. Uh, there was a couple of zingers in there. Um, but, yeah, he looked rattled. He looked out of sync, you know, and obviously... The cherry on the cake was that awful pick six. Uh, not quite his fault. Not quite all his fault. But it just looked horrible, didn't it, really? looked. If you're watching the highlights, you didn't support the Bengals, you turned on the highlights and you saw that. That's one for like some sort of blooper highlight reel. It was horrible. But, you know, Gio ran into John Jerry. He had, Andy Dalton had someone in his face. He just lobbed it up to where he thought Gio would be and he wasn't there. And that seemed to be the whole kind of pattern of the offence yesterday. No holes could be opened by the offensive line. Um, even with OK protection and his ball placement and, you know, confidence and everything, his demeanour looked off yesterday. And it was a real shame because we were in that game. And the reason we were in that game was the defence. I thought even though they kind of conceded a load of yards again and Leonard Fournette ran for over 100 yards they managed to stop you know they bent continually but did not break they played with passion and courage Gino had another good game you know players turned up you know Sam Hubbard flashed Nick Vigil flashed again Sean Williams and Jesse Bates flashed again uh, Darkways Denard you know he on his return, looked pretty decent. Uh, but those guys were just on the field for so, so long. And, of course, that's when tiredness comes into it and fatigue. And by the end of it all, 
you know, the Bengals were in with a shout of winning that game, but it was just a big old meltdown. Three interceptions in the... I think it was three in the fourth quarter. Certainly two back-to-back interceptions by Andy Dalton. And it was game over. However, for this podcast, that's all I'm going to say about that, really. It was it was pretty awful. There's no getting away from it. The offense is a real concern. The running game is non-existent. Can't really stop the run either. You know, I think Paul Dana Jr. said in his walkout podcast with Jay Morrison today, there's something seriously wrong in the trenches. We're just getting beat on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And if you do that, it just does not give you a chance. Um, We've got lots of uh, comments, as you can imagine. And the the format I'm going to go through today uh, in this podcast is I'm going to obviously engage with you guys and read out some of your comments But also we've got two guests today. Two guests, yes, two guests. And they're going to be Bengals UK fans here in the UK. It just seemed the right thing to do uh, with the Rams game in London coming up. And they are two people we've not spoken to before on the podcast. So we've got some brand new voices here um, to talk to, which is rather exciting. Uh, But let's get to your comment, shall we? Uh, Nigel Granger at Fleet underscore Risk. After sleeping on the result and some thought this morning, I have to come to the following conclusions. Andy has to stand aside. Get the rookies in to see how they cope. Fire the O-line coach as they need fixing. Trade an O-line in urgently. The rest can wait. Well, that seems to be the overriding thought from a lot of Bengals fans. Uh, this could That could have been the nail in the coffin for Andy Dalton's time in Cincinnati. And... I mean, he looks shot, doesn't he? And that's... A lot of it is down to injury. They look, kind of looked out of sync. In, him and his running backs looked out of sync. Everything looked out of sync yesterday. So there has to be some coaching there. That's the problem. Um, and also his mental state, I guess, if that's not... I mean, I'm sure he's trying his best. Um, but he just looks off mechanically as well a little bit. Um as I said, the ball's not coming out of his consistently very well. There's lots of wobble uh, on it coming out. Uh, so I, I think this could well be Andy's last year. And it's a shame, isn't it? It is a shame because, you know, Andy does have a lot of fans in this country and, you know, back in the States as well. Um, and it's always sad to see someone's tenure after a certain amount of years uh, come to an end. And it, it kind of feels like it doesn't it? I mean, I think it does. Get the rookies in to see how they cope? Well, I agree to some extent, but unless those rookies are an offensive lineman, you know, Finley may well have the same problems. But again, you know, you have to give him a look uh, at some stage. Fire the O-line coach. I don't think Jim Turner has done himself any favours whatsoever this year, both with the standard of play on the offensive line uh, and also the way... Well, you just look at the... It's been a complete car crash, and I'm not talking about the things that they can't uh, influence. I'm talking about Jonah Williams' injury. I'm talking about keeping Bobby Hart. I'm talking about the general player uh, of the offensive line. I'm talking about the way they've handled Billy Price. I'm talking about the whole Cordy Glenn incident, which happened, kicked off, really, last week. And, of course, many people's first thought was, oh, my God, you know, 
this is Jim Turner's work here. Uh, this is the Bengals not treating their staff very well. Now, things might come out in the wash. A lot of people saying that Cordy's reputation kind of precedes him in this uh, in this incident. But, you know, concussions are a very tricky thing. Um, but people are asking and asking the question, are all these retirements, Clint Bowling and Kent Perkins and uh, and, you know, disharmony on the offensive line, they can't be just coincidences, can they? Or can they? Is it just rotten luck? It could be. Could Jim Turner have a, have a hand in all this, you know, going by his past reputation? It could do. It might not do. We don't know anything yet. And I've just read that Cord has been, after his one uh, game suspension, he's back on the roster and uh, Zettel has been waived. So he was a one-game wonder. He did sort of okay. I noticed him a few times. But anyway... Uh, thank you, Nigel. Sean Whitehead at Sean Whitehead. Absolute shame he won't be playing in the UK next weekend. And, of course, Sean talks about AJ Green. The team is depleted badly as it is. And AJ G coming back just in time for the London game was the one bright spot. Guessing they know what the future holds and no point risking Green for nothing. Hashtag top three pick. Well, I mean... Again, Zach's just had his Monday press conference and he's once again come out and said that AJ is going nowhere. I do find it a bit odd the way things are progressing, though. Why, if he's, I mean, I don't think they expected him to be out this long. Uh, Adam Schefter posted a report which was instantly refuted by Zach Taylor saying that AJ Green... Um, We'll be missing the London game as well and we'll likely be back after the bye, which kind of opens up questions or opened up questions to, you know, are they going to trade him? Why are they not playing him? Why, and, and AJ's come out and said he's not quite ready. So we have to trust that process, right? But it is incredibly frustrating. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Killian at Malloy underscore double zero. We may be the, worst, the joint worst team in the NFL, but I'm absolutely buzzing to go to London next week and see us play. Going, expecting nothing. And hey, you never know. It might be closer than people think. An amazing chance to see us play and be part of a great event. And I think Killian's absolutely right. Um, it may sound strange. It may sound ridiculous. Uh, but whatever happens on the field happens kind of on the field. And what happens uh, in the pub is almost a totally different thing. You know, it's, it's like a, a separate thing almost but connected if that makes sense um i think it will be a fantastic opportunity to meet people uh who we only converse with on twitter uh, and facebook uh, i can't wait to see a full pub singing songs and uh, you know lapham will be there and dan horn as i mentioned earlier uh some legends will be there and uh and you know loads of bengals fans so we can't wait really uh, to have have fun because uh, again, whatever happens during the game on Sunday is kind of almost a separate thing. We know what we're expecting. We'll be pleasantly surprised if uh, if something happens, but uh, we just want them to be competitive on the field. But 
Uh, we're certainly going to have fun on uh, on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Um, and with that, let's bring in our first guest. Right, and we're now joined on the line by Bengals supporter Amy Smith in London. Amy, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, now, obviously, we, we're trying to get as many new voices onto the podcast as possible, and um, I'm interested. Uh, how long have you been a Bengals supporter, uh, and uh, I guess why why you chose the team, really? Um. I didn't choose the team. My boyfriend did. Oh, blame him. Um, so already blaming someone yeah. else. I don't know. <laughs> Two, ten seconds in and I'm already blaming somebody else. <laughs> right. um, him and his friends watched, is it the League? The TV series, the League yeah, on the right. university. Yeah. Um, and really liked it and have start, so started their own fantasy league. Um, and I got watching it because they all started watching it. Um and yeah, so they had the Reynolds Bowl, started up the Reynolds Bowl uh-huh. after Neil Reynolds and just kind of got into it from there. Um, last time the Bengals were in London, that was probably around the beginning that I started to take notice Right. fully. I can't remember how long ago that was. That was three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, three years ago. Three years. Yeah. So I was very new to it then when they came over. So not and- long. And that was your but, first NFL game, right? When you you went to Wembley and you watched the Bengals play, um, what did you make of it? It was my first, yeah, first NFL game, first ever time at Wembley as well. Um, it was amazing. I've never experienced anything like it in my life. Wow. I mean, I know Americans, Americans, I know I sound really horrible now. It's quite <laughs> dramatic. Everything's over the top, isn't it? It's a big yes. show. Um, but it was just completely different seeing it in real life than on the TV. It was it seemed more exaggerated and amazing yeah. and we were sat behind the we sat at the end zone behind the post when Washington missed their last kick. Oh what wow. A, so yeah. that was quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> and and obviously things haven't been great since. Um you you haven't wavered at all, no. have you? You you st- you're gonna you're sticking this out for the long haul, are you? Yeah, I'm very loyal. We've got to get better. I'm a firm believer that we're going to get better. Okay. Um, and so, but obviously, uh, obviously things aren't going very well this year. But um, you're yeah. looking forward to the weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you, <laughs> you don't sound entirely how... convinced. Say again. You don't sound entirely Sorry. convinced there. <laughs> Only because we're not doing very well so that it is kind of like do you want to go and see a game that we know we're probably not going to yeah. do very well in but, but then on the other hand how often do you get to see your team exactly exactly in london in wembley so that's kind of overruling yeah whatever happens happens you know so, yeah. but the excitement is overruling the fact because they're here yes so. and of course we've got the, the the whole pub experience to look forward to and um I know that you're a photographer. Um, what tell yeah. us what you're and you're going to be doing something down at the Admiralty, aren't you? So tell us a little bit about that and uh, what you've got planned. Yeah, um, I'm photographing uh, whatever it is that the Bengals are going to be putting on because um, I know sometimes they bring over cheerleaders or drum lines and special guests and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
and obviously there's going to be loads and loads of fans there. And it's part of a documentary, photo documentary that I'm doing on NFL in the UK. Oh, wow, fantastic. Uh, so I've been down there the past weekend with the other games, um, meeting the Raiders fans, Met Buccaneers fans, Chicago Bears fans. So they're all part of it. It's going to be part of a big, big final thing. Um, it was just very nice that it happened to be the Bengals as well this year. Yeah, that must have been a che- the cherry on the cake. You picked a good year to do this photo <laughs> documentary, right? Yeah, really. it's combining my two loves. Yeah, the absolutely. One thing, so it was very exciting. So, um, did when you went to the Bears and the Bucks and all that, did you have to go in disguise or did you just kind of, you didn't get bowl up in a Bengal shirt, right? Uh, I did one day. I oh. had, uh, it was just a t shirt, so it oh, wasn't okay. the full orange and black. Mm. Um, but a couple of Raider fans did spot it. And I then very quickly got dressed <laughs> <laughs> in the Raiders because it was. Disguise, yeah, right. Yeah, I go undercover because I find that people are happier for me to take their photos if they think I'm one of them. Yeah, (laughs) sounds really horrible. No, no, no. I am a nice person, you know. But yeah, yeah. But you've got to, you know, you've got to get your shots right. And if people see your jersey uh, that isn't the right jersey, they're probably they might they might take offence. Not offence, but you know what I mean. They might say, "Well, I'm not sure," you know. Yeah, actually, most people, when they find out that I'm a Bengals fan, I've met with sympathy. Right. And I've been getting lots of hope. <laughs> oh, bless those. And Which, that's the beautiful thing. You know, that's the beautiful thing about NFL fandom in the UK, isn't it? It's not quite as territorial as it is in the States, or certainly as football, for instance. A lot of friends I found. You know, there is all the usual taking the mitt out teams and who you support. You know, there's all of that, but. It's not nasty. Yes, there's no nastiness to it. There was, you know, there's no fighting. I mean, there might be fighting. I'm only talking from my experience, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't seem as aggressive as it does with football. Yeah, no, English I agree. football. I agree. Which is why I like it more. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, there's a nice gender balance. I think some, you know, it's it, as you say. There's just not that territorial nastiness. I think. Um, so we're all looking forward to it, and you're looking forward to it. Um, where can people see this uh, photo documentary once it's all uh, up and running? Have you figured that out yet, or uh, do we have to wait for news on that? Uh, I'm uploading stuff on Instagram, um, kind of live. Obviously, by the time I've edited it, it's not quite live. Yeah. Um, I'm toying with the idea of making it into a book. I guess it depends on if people are interested, if mm-hmm. people would want yeah. one. Um, um, so, but yeah, it's on Instagram. I post some stuff on Twitter. It's Amy Smith Photos, if anybody wants to know. Yeah. And has, wants to have a look. Um, and also, if people want to be involved that support other teams and that are coming or whatever, then... Uh, okay, well, I think we'll leave it there because you're breaking up a little bit, Amy. Uh, I apologise. Um, you can follow, as Amy said, at Amy Smith Photos on Twitter and on Instagram. And um, do you know what? If you see her around in the Admiralty this week, uh, go and say hello and have your photograph taken. Uh, Amy, if you're still yes. there. <laughs> um, I am still here. Okay, that's good. Um, 
I'm I'm looking forward to meeting you, and uh, hopefully we can get a, a beer together and uh, have a good old chat. Definitely, that sounds great. I will see you on Thursday. Yeah, we'll do. Lovely to talk to you, Amy, and uh, we'll see you later on the week. See you later. Thank you. That was Amy Smith, uh, someone I enjoyed talking to. Uh, sorry about the sound quality there and the signal quality, but I can't wait to meet uh, Amy uh, this coming weekend, and I think she's doing a really cool thing with this photo documentary uh, project of hers, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, some of her bits and bobs so uh you know follow her on twitter at amy smith photos uh let's get back to your correspondence shall we phil hatton at bengal blue boy in our heart of hearts we must have expected this we wanted marvin gone because we were stale and in decline the hope that a young coach a new scheme would fix it is now exposed don't blame zt yet although not convinced either let's see how he does now he knows the task I think Phil's absolutely right, actually. I don't think uh, Zach has his own players in. He's inherited a poor team. Uh, he hasn't done himself any favours with Jim Turner and, and retaining Bobby Hart and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I do think he's using 11 personnel too much. Uh, some of the contract extensions, Geo, Tyler Eifert, CJ Uzumar even, uh, is questionable because we're not using any tight ends. Um, we're not using Geo very much. Uh, I think he's trying to do a lot of the Ram stuff, but unfortunately, I don't think we've got the the talent levels or personnel levels to do what he wants with this offense. I do think that a lot of the playbook can't be used because we're so poor in certain positions. Now, uh, I do think that there will be major surgery in this off season if he's allowed. Uh, and I do think he's going to start to bring more of his own guys in. Let's hope so. Um, it is too early to, to judge Zach Taylor, I think. Although, as Phil said, you know he's not totally convinced. But I'm behind him. Um, I like him and I like his passion. I like his honesty. Uh, I hope that he can sort of turn things around, bring in his new guys, bring in a scheme. That, and I think going forward this season, he has to be a little bit more flexible with his scheme. I don't like this idea that he's trying to force the run because it's patently obvious that we can't run the ball. I'd like to see us come out like we did against Seattle and pass the ball, quick slants, move the ball down the pitch. It's what happened against the Jaguars. As soon as we stop trying to run the ball... And we started those little pass plays. We started to move it. And that's when you can start to bring play action. That's when you might be able to squeeze out a few yards in the run game, you know. Um, I hope he's uh, flexible enough to recognise the failings that uh, that the offence has going on right now. I hope uh, that he can kind of tweak things, not be too proud, you know, stick to his core beliefs, but also kind of tweak things to fit the personnel, because at the moment it feels like a bit of a square peg in a round hole. Right, uh, where are we? At Bianco Verde, sad times for the Bengals. I said at the start of the season that I'd be happy to lose games if it looked like we had a plan and it was taking us a while to adjust. It looks like there's no plan. Everything has gone to hell. No idea how this gets fixed. Awful. Well... Say what you see, Bianca Verde. Yeah, listen, 
I'm not sugarcoating it. It's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible to see your team struggle so much. And there are so many elements to this. I mean, it's almost a perfect storm of failure, isn't it? Let's face it. It is, um, you know, players have regressed from last year. There are a ton of injuries that are just killing us. Uh, Some of the coaching and the scheme decisions leave you scratching your head. And then you get onto behind the scenes, roster construction, and all that kind of stuff. It's the whole lot. It's not one thing. It's a bit of everything. And I'll tell you what, it's not going to be fixed this season. So even with a trade or two, whatever you hope for this season, it's not going to be fixed this season, unfortunately. And everyone wants a quick fix these days. Um, I, you know, it's going to take, as I say, some major surgery in the off season, both on the field and, you know, let's face it, off the field if things don't work out with some of the coordinators or, shall we say, some of the uh, position coaches, shall we say. Uh, right, Jamie at Trek White Beaster. I am off to the game on Sunday with appropriate headwear. And I think I know what he means. I think you should tell me your best cheap eats in England's second city. In terms of football, I'm at a loss. But I want to see... Uh, I want... But I want to now see snaps from everyone. And we need to explore free agents now. 2020 preseason starts here. Well, that's it. I, You know, let's hope that they realise that, you know, this season is not going anywhere. Yes, I'd like to see them win a few games. Don't at me or shout at me. I would. I really would. Just for some of us fans to grab hold of something, you know. Um... Cheap eats in England's second city, and by that he means uh, London. Jamie's from the north, you see. He doesn't recognise London as a as the first city. Um, cheap eats, that's that's pushing it. I would go to any of your greasy spoons uh, along the way to get your cheap eats. And uh, we'll be publishing some uh, cheap eats. Top. Well, we're doing, throughout this week, we, we're absolutely smashing out the content on twitter we've got our london guide we've got we're publishing top fives every day this week so today we've got top five the top five historic pubs in central london uh we've got this podcast uh we've got some other stuff coming up at the end of the week um you know it's all happening uh, we might do some cheap eats as well. So, you know, you don't have to spend a fortune. It's lovely when you go on, go on holiday uh, to go out for a fancy meal. And uh, and there are plenty of places for fancy meals in London. But there are also some cheap eats as well. Uh, Martin Greer. At Martin Greer, 73. Definitely going this weekend. And reckon I'll be in the Admiralty Thursday, Friday and Saturday. No fun in being miserable. So going to enjoy the week's build-up. And festivities, who day, and a who day to you, Martin. Martin, you are one of our most positive uh, fans and followers. So thank you for that, and we can't wait to see you. Right, it's time for our special guest. I did mention that you know, well, as Jamie mentioned, almost the twenty twenty preseason starts here. Let's face it, there's a lot long time uh, to go until the end of the actual season, but. Uh, and now on the line, I think he's up north, but he's from London originally. It's Andrew Dockerell. Now, uh, long-term listeners will know that Andrew uh, 
uh, often sends in comments to us that we read out. But he also contributes to our draft coverage when that time of year comes around. He's done a couple of brilliant mock drafts for us. And uh, I thought uh, we'd get Andrew on because, um, you know, obviously there's a large portion of the season to go. And uh, some of us want uh, the Bengals to win some games. <laughs> some of you out there do not. However, I thought it might be time because, let's face it, pretty much everything is lost in terms of any playoff aspirations or even, let's face it, any winning season aspirations. But let's get Andrew on to talk about uh, something that he loves and that's evaluating talent. And uh, I know that he's been watching lots of college football. So now might be the time just to cast our eye a little bit to the future. I know some of you out there are eager to know about some of the prospects uh, and some of you out there are also doing doing your own digging and uh, and and people are doing mock drafts already so uh, I just want to talk to Andrew uh, about who he's got his eye on uh, but first Andrew um, hello by the way that was me talking hello about thanks for having me <laughs> um, thank you for your, all your amazing stuff that you do for us uh, during the draft period but f- before we get on to prospects um I know that you play a bit of flag football, don't you? Uh, and uh, it's always fun to know a bit more about Bengals fans who who listen to this podcast and who uh, contribute to our thing. Uh, so tell me a bit about your flag football uh, stuff because you play to quite a high level, don't you? Yeah. So originally started in contact. Um, it takes a lot of time, a lot of commitment um, and injuries just, they they ruin your Mondays. They start from right. there. Um, they started playing flag football, which is essentially it's well, it's essentially tag tag rugby, but American football. You right. know that concept. Yeah, yeah. You've got you've got a belt on, two flags either side. You pull a flag, and that's a tackle. You have a pitch about fifty yards. Each half is twenty five yards. You get four attempts to get those twenty five yards, and then you restart in the next half. Right. Um, so yeah, played that properly. Five, six years now. Um, got to the national final this year. We won some tournaments in Europe. We won a wow. tournament in Amsterdam. Top eight in Germany. We went to Cancun for a tournament, which wow. was great fun. Um, and yeah, we're off to Barcelona for essentially the, the Champions League of flag football next year. Wow, wee. And what position do you play? Is it interchangeable or do you have a specific uh, position? Yeah, it's, it's interchangeable a bit. So I kind of play a lot of mainly the wide receiver but also a bit of safety too right um, okay. squads are normally sort of to five a side mainly in you in the uk and europe um, yeah. in america it's more of a seven aside contact yeah um but yeah i play mostly receiver i mean when the injuries started to occur when aj went down and john ross went down would you were you expecting the call did you have your, did you have your your pads ready to go well uh, yeah i've got the gloves ready i'm stretching <laughs> but no call yet Okay. Uh, well, that's it's great, isn't it? It's amazing. Uh, you know, all these Bengals fans fans out there in the UK um, and what they kind of do in their spare time. We've just spoken to Amy before you as a photographer. She's going to be there at the Admiralty taking uh, photographs for a, her own photo documentary uh, project. And uh, I'm assuming that you'll be down over the weekend as well, Andrew. Yes, indeed. I'll be there, hopefully the full time. Fantastic. We can't wait to meet you in the flesh. Um but let's let's turn our attention. Let's 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 look into our crystal ball. Um 
a lot of people think that uh, Andy Dalton is done in Cincinnati, especially after the performance against the Jags. And, of course, sport is cyclical. So, you know, he's had a, a relatively successful time in Cincinnati over the past eight, nine years. Um, people are clamouring for uh, a quarterback. Uh, are you in that camp, would you say? I think you have to be now. Um you look at Andy, he seems to be a great guy. He does a lot for the community in Cincinnati, but I was just looking at the list of quarterbacks who are older than him this week. Brady, Rivers, Rogers, Matt Ryan, and then you've only got Flacco and Fitzpatrick older that yeah. haven't achieved the same levels as those guys. I think you get to this level of your career and if you've not reached those highlights, something's got to change. Yeah. Um. So in that case, I mean, again, you look at the Bengals' record, and if if they win like three, four games uh, this year, they're still going to be picking top six, you would say. Um, and if they don't win any games, they'll be top. Well, they'll be picking number one, obviously. Um, and talking specifically quarterbacks, there's three really. There's Tua, uh, there's Burrow, and there's Herbert. I mean. Uh, free, feel free to add any more, but have you watched any of those guys and what are your initial uh, opinions of those guys? Yeah, so I've, I've watched some of all of them, bearing in mind it's early in the season still. Um, I'll start with Herbert. I'm an Oregon fan, so I've seen the most of Herbert. Yeah. He he grew up 10 minutes from the Oregon Stadium, so he's the hometown hero guy. He came back for his senior year. He wanted to finish his biology degree. He had his br- a brother who was a freshman who's come in. He got knocked a bit for that, saying, why didn't you go for the money? You could have been a top 10 pick. But, I mean, I totally understand those reasons. He came back and he's had a lot better season so far this year. His accuracy has improved. He's actually had a lot better wide receivers around him as a support. His left tackle is phenomenal. He's probably going to be a top five pick in the 2021 draft. Right. He's potentially ever going to be the highest graded PFO tackle of all time. Wow. It's ridiculous. Um, and behind that, yeah, he's had great time to throw. He's one of the great O-lines and just giving him time to throw. The problem is, a lot of the scheme, it's shorter throws. It's double screens, it's quick screens, it's slants, which means it's harder to evaluate him throwing downfield. But he does have an absolute cannon to throw downfield. They hit some A-plus throws. Um, looking this weekend, they played against Washington, their rivalry game in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Had his seventh four touchdown game of his career. He's now the only quarterback in college with twenty touchdowns and only one interception. That interception came earlier in the year when he tried to force on a second and long. It wasn't really a huge bad throw, weak coverage read. It was just trying to push too much, leaving in his arm strength a bit too much there. Right, right. This he kind of sits for me between the feeling is kind of a Carson Wentz with that arm strength, that mobility. Maybe the floor is kind of a Mariota who he just seems to spend a bit too long in the pocket. He takes a bit too long to read plays, can sit and follow one read a bit too much at times. Right. right. The next one is probably Tua. Let's go there. Um, Tua Tongo Vailoa is the uh, pronunciation I've Googled. <laughs> right. Um, there is a slight Oregon link here as well. His, his dream school was Oregon. Uh, he came from the same high school as Mariota. Um, essentially, the lack of communication from the head coach then, um, Mark Helfrich, who's now the Chicago Bears AC, 
where he still sucks by the looks of it. Um, meant he went off to Alabama. Since then, he's kind of been pretty special. He came on during the half, second half of the 2018 College National Championship. Uh, changed that game completely. Won in the game with some incredible throws late in the game. He just has this clutch factor. He looks composed. He scrambles well. He's elite in where he puts the ball at every level of the field, whether it's a quick out, whether it's a deep go. Wherever he puts the ball, he seems to get it in the right spot. Uh, he's the highest QB rating in college right now. The big thing with Tua is he's just had his second ankle surgery in his short career. Right. This weekend, he went off against Tennessee, um, which will start to raise some red flags. The other thing you've got there is he has so many resources available to him. Yeah, he's probably yeah. got three first-round wide receivers. The talent around him and Judy and Ruggs, oh, it's a dream. That's the kind of the guys you want on the Bengals receivers, let alone <laughs> right, right. a college side. Um, the only thing else I would say is you'll probably get the older school guys giving him some stick. Right. A bit shorter for the position. We'll get the hand size questions in the underwear Olympics. We'll get that he's a lefty, so the ball spins the opposite direction when it comes out of his hand. Does that cause issues for the receivers? It changes the blind side. The right tackle is now more important than your left tackle. In modern football, I don't think these things matter as much. Your O-lines aren't what they were. They aren't big hulkers. Mm. They can move. They can cover whatever position they're in. And essentially, in the modern NFL, you need to be able to scramble. And this guy has it. Right. He's probably pro-comp, probably a lefty Russell Wilson is probably where I'd go. Wow. That's that's enticing, isn't it, really? What about Burrow, then? Because he seems to be rising up various boards and, and people's opinions. What, what what have you seen of him? Burrow's really come from nowhere. He really was not much more than a game manager last year. And this year, he's he's putting up Madden numbers, really. He's yeah. up to nearly 80% of his passes. He's already got 29 throwing TDs, which is the most in the history of LSU in a single season. Hmm. And he's still got five games to go. Uh, he's just playing with this different level of confidence. His arm strength is phenomenal. He's completely composed under pressure, whereas last year he seemed to be phased a lot more. The hard part is that it's a quite a small sample size. He's only really played well this year, and the offense has been so good. But similar to Tillett, he's kind of throwing to wide open receivers. Yeah, yeah. He's not hitting those tight gaps. He's got a, two huge matches in his next two weeks. He plays probably the best D-line in college against Gorbin this weekend. Uh-huh. And then he has a bye before he faces Anna Alabama on the 9th of November. So I think Burrow is probably the best fit for what I think the Bengals will scout for. He's that conservative style. He has the big arm, the big tall guy, with some movement, but enough movement to be mobile at this level. That's interesting, isn't it? So three very different styles of quarterback there. Um, so it's got to be about scheme fit, right? That's that's the key. Um, yeah, 100%. I think this year we won't see a consensus. It'll be whoever is taking the number one pick will have their guy. Yeah. It'll be up to the number two team to decide if they want the next guy up or they go somewhere else like a Chase Young. But yeah. We can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd be rioting if we didn't go quarterback it. Certainly if we were in the top three. What about other prospects? I mean, we we were obviously terrible on the offensive line. We're hoping to get 
Uh, and Jonah, Jonah Williams back. We hope that he, he works out. Uh, Trey Hopkins has done a decent job at centre. Apart from that, you can shelve pretty much everyone, really. Um, wh- what are we talking about offensive linemen uh, in next year's draft? So these are guys I haven't really watched much of yet. Um, just purely because I think we'll have to go quarterback. I don't think we can go for a lineman that high. Yeah. Like I mentioned, 2021 is a great guy if we're there next year. Um, you've got Andrew Thomas at Georgia. He's having a good year. You've got Tristan Wirfs at Iowa. These are both programs that love to run the ball first. So they're great maulers. They're something we need considering our run at the minute. Um, I think Jonah really comes in and helps. I think he's a great, he was a great prospect. I really hope he gets fit. Yeah. I really hope it hasn't affected him. It also just makes you bang your head even more at that second round selection of shot of sample. Mm. When you had Ford, you had Reisner, you had Jenkins, you had McCoy, you had Sharping, five guys who went in the next 30 picks who have all, they're all starters now. It's, it was a project pick that just didn't need to be taken. No, I think I think I think I reserve judgment. Um, uh, but the way you look at, well, you just look at the way they're using tight ends this season. They're frankly not at all. So we we didn't ha- we didn't need a project. We needed someone that would come in and, and help straight away. And I, I who's to say that Sample won't be a good play for us, a player for us? I I, I think he probably will, but. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's fast turning out to be a bit of a luxury pick when we didn't really have one at that stage. You, yeah, you said the right thing though. You, you've got to look at these guys a in year one, but also in year four. Do they develop into what they hope they're going to be? Hmm. The the thing that baffled me was that you've just extended Azama. You've given Eifert another year. That was what baffled me. Yeah. That's too high to be taking a third guy in position. Um, okay, so. What are the position groups next year? Uh, you know, are we talking, uh, you know, are a strength of next year's draft, would you say? I think we've briefly covered it. Wide receiver, there's some absolute studs at wide receiver this year. You've got a potential top five guy in Jerry Judy who can do absolutely everything. Hmm. You've got his running mate, Ruggs, who's probably the fastest player at the Combine. Um there's just an absolute wealth all the way down to players um, across <coughs> you right. hello hello you still there oh yeah yeah, yeah. nearly lost it no panic <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry yeah so you've got wide receiver is probably the strongest position you've mm. got guys like Jerry Judy that can run every route probably a top five pick Behind him, you've got his other running mate, Henry Ruggs, who is probably the fastest guy at the Combine. You've got guys in the Pac-12, like LaVisca Chenault, who is just an absolute playmaker, can do everything. And then C.D. Lamb at Oklahoma, who's just pace, absolute pace. Um, this is the thing. This year, there's so many different receivers in every type you could want over that third. Six four, six five guy, or you've got the the shorter, speedy guy. There's really a pick and choose, which means probably up to two, three, four rounds deep in good quality receivers. Oh, that's interesting. And what about linebackers? Obviously, there's still a problem on the Bengals. Uh, any, I mean, what's the class like in 2020? 
or what it's looking like in 2020 at least i know there's there's a ways to go yet yeah there's a long way to go on that one um one of the guys is probably an Oregon guy, so Troy Dye. He's led the team in tackles for the last three years and probably will do it again this year. He has an ability to cover. He hits the tackle in the hole pretty well. He He's really long for the position as well. He's got, I think he's about 6'4 with long arms. Oh, wow. he, he, covers, he has that real like pass-breakup ability. Another one is there's a quite a few safety linebacker kind of hybrids this year. So you have the guy from Clemson, Simmons, who is an absolute freak in terms of pace and strength from what his position is. He could, and I think that's the way the NFL will go. You won't have your two, three linebackers constantly. You'll, you'll vary what you have. And so to have a guy that can play in the box or deep coverage mm. is such a weapon. You look at how Derwin James has done it for the Chargers. Guys like Xavier McKinney from Alabama is probably another guy that would come out who could play in the box and also cover deep. Um, Grant Delpit is probably the stud safety linebacker guy. He's the closest you'll get to Derwin James in this draft. Wow. Um, I mean, all these names, I mean, it takes a while, doesn't it, for them to bed in? And I know it's very early, but as I say, people are talking about the draft already and i think there's no harm in just having a cheeky little look so uh andrew thank you very much obviously we're i think most people would like a quarterback next year uh but some other positions need to be addressed as well so um yeah we'll be keeping an eye on those guys Uh, andrew thanks so much and i can't wait to meet you uh at the pub this week yes indeed see you then yeah cheers for joining us andrew no worries take care that was uh, Andrew Dockerell uh, at Dockers77. And as I say, he did, did some fantastic mock drafts for us last year. And no doubt he'll do some more next year. And um, he he has already been taking a look at who's around in the draft next year. And I know that a lot of people and a lot of you out there are already doing the same. So um, let's let's see how that goes. I have no idea. Uh, Bengal guy, 73 Jay Feely sees Randy Bullock kicking off a tee before the game. Wonder why the coaches have been watching him for years. Don't let him attempt field goals over 50. May uh, Maybe they should listen to the former kicker. Listen, I mean, I get it. Randy can't kick anything over 50 yards, but really he's not uh, the worst thing on this team at this moment. He really is not the biggest problem. In fact, you could say the whole special teams unit is having a good season. You know, look at the way the you look at the way Brandon Wilson is running kicks back. I mean, he almost took one to the house on Sunday. That would have been amazing. Got tripped up at the very last moment. You look at the way Huber was punting the ball and has been punting the ball. He's having a good season, and even Randy's having a, a decent season. You know, uh, special teams are not our problem at the moment. So. Uh, I'm not going to even go there. Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram. I miss the 90s. Was it all as bad as this? Also, looked up Zach T. Is there any evidence he has ever run an offence with any degree of success? He talks well, but then calls a no-game run every first down. Yeah, and that's what I mean. There's a lot of head-scratching stuff going on there, but I think you have to look at 
the personnel out there and just just realise that they're not up to their task. You know, they're that bad, certainly across the offensive line. Um, as for the 90s, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to talk about it because it kind of, uh, kind of triggers some sort of PTSD feelings in me uh, and that's not to obviously uh, denigrate anyone who does suffer from, from real PTSD. Um, it was a horrendous time. It was like this pretty much every year for 10 years. There were some bright spots. Your Jeff Blakes, your Carl Pickens, your Darnay Scotts. Uh, Boomer came back in 97 and rallied them briefly. Um, you know, Corey Dillon at the end of that decade. But really, it was it was a bit of a shocker, really. Um, I don't know about Zach Taylor. I say that I think the jury is still very much out, and I think he knows that too. I think he would admit that. Um, I desperately want him to succeed. You know, you look at the way Cliff Kingsbury is doing in Arizona. Now he's got uh, you know a number one pick there at quarterback. Um, he's got some tools to play with, but as of we, you know, and. He's doing a fine job in Arizona, and I think that's what we kind of expected in Cincinnati, you know, that kind of upward curve, that progression. But nothing is happening in that respect. We're, we're, we're going down, you know, we're taking steps back, and that's why I think we can only judge that really when he gets more of his own guys in, and I do think that's going to happen. He has been hindered by terrible injuries uh, uh, and perhaps some questionable hires as well, which he does have to take responsibility for. Uh, but I think, you know, this time next season, if things aren't working, then you have to ask them some questions. I know people want quick fixes. I know people want things to be uh, sorted out as quickly as possible. But as I say, you know, this time next year, we'll have more of an idea, I think. Warrior at Warrior Nate 99 I'll be going to the game wearing an old kit uh, or jersey. I wanted us to draft Lamar Jackson last year. I was gutted when we didn't. I'd be so excited to watch them Sunday. Coach Taylor, biggest mistake so far was letting Coach Palak walk. Same O-line as last year is now useless. I mean, that's it, isn't it? Um, you know, he wanted to bring his own guy in. It's not working. That own guy, you know, is probably the most divisive guy on the team and he's not even playing. Um... Yeah, I think most people were weren't happy with Pollack leaving. I wish they personally he he would have retained Pollack. He actually did uh, a fine job with a poor offensive line last year, and heck, you know, Joe Mixon was the AFC's leading rusher, and this year he, you know, he carries ten times for two yards. You know that it's night and day, isn't it? It really is night and day. And the thing is with Jim Turner is not only is he is he an apparently loathsome character. Um, He's he's not a very good coach. I mean, that's been proven in his teams throughout his career. Um, and, you know, you listen to Ben Baby's talk on Twitter, our old friend Ben Baby, who came on the show a couple of episodes ago. You know, he's, he kind of said, Jim Turner does the same. He chops and changes a lot on the line. He, uh, you know, he can't figure out his best formation on the line. I always thought with an offensive line... You're supposed to kind of bed these guys down in early um, and uh, let them kind of play and get used to each other. It's all about synchronisation on the offensive line and we just keep chopping and changing. Billy Wright, Billy Wright, that would be something if they brought Billy Wright back from the dead. But uh, Billy Price, you know, in its, you know, 
in at left guard after Michael Jordan didn't pan out. No, Michael might turn out to be a good, solid player. Let's hope so. But he certainly wasn't ready. So bung in Billy Price, and he had a mare on, on, on Sunday against the Jags. Uh, John Miller injured. Bring back Alex Redmond. You know, back to his old tricks. Uh, Bobby Hart. You know, well, what can I say about Bobby Hart? <laughs> a bit of a broken record, really. Um, but I don't know. I just uh, it's easy to blame someone. We're all looking for people to blame. Uh, so I'm going to blame Jim Turner. How about that? Um, now, uh, Brian Williams at Flying Brian. Sorry, no. If you had to root for any team. Which would it be? Personally, I like the Packers. I've always had a soft spot for the Saints. Uh, not just because of the city, but because uh, they had some great players in the 80s. Uh, I used to love Dalton Hilliard. And those linebackers were amazing. Um, now, in the present day, I kind of like Seattle. Just because, you know, well, my best mate supports Seattle. And I love Russell Wilson. And I like Pete Carroll. And, uh, you know, it looks like an incredible place to play football. And it looks like an incredible city. So... Yeah, I've always liked kind of liked Atlanta as well, which is weird if you like New Orleans. I'm aware that will not wash with either sets of fans. And finally tonight we have Dave Cass at Come On Didier. Of course, we're all, I asked people on Twitter today if they're coming along to the Admiralty and going to the game. And Dave says, of course we're all going. I'm particularly looking forward to meeting up with everyone at the Admiralty on Saturday night. I think we'll all need a stiff drink before the game on Sunday. And I think Dave's probably right. And I think that's the perfect uh, message to leave it on because, you know, uh, we're all in it together and uh, uh, we're all looking forward to meeting everyone, having a laugh and having fun. And, uh, of course, the game will be on Sunday. But before that, we will be drinking heavily. And who's to say we won't be drinking heavily afterwards or even during the game? Uh, we will see. Now, uh, thank you, everyone, for your correspondence. Of course, you can get us on Twitter at whoday underscore UK. Uh, and you can get in contact with us on Facebook. Uh, at uh, Well, it's not at Facebook, is it? It's on Facebook uh, at Bengals UK, if that makes any sense. I still can't say it right uh, after all this time. Um but let me, let me give you an idea what's going to happen this week, uh, apart from feeling impossibly excited, or sort of moderately excited, I think. Um, on uh, Thursday, we will be there. A bunch of us will be there in the pub on Thursday evening, the Admiralty. We're going to be recording a podcast there. And we're just going to grab people, not literally. Um, we're going to ask people politely whether they'd like to come and talk to us, have a conversation with us on the podcast and uh, so we're hoping to grab all kinds of people because uh, you just never know who's going to be there. On Friday, me and Nathan will be at the Bengals training facility. And once again, we're going to try and talk to as many people as possible while recording a podcast there. Uh, and I'm hoping to get that out uh, sometime Friday or more likely because I'm going to go straight to the pub from the Bengals training facility uh, we're going to get that out Saturday morning. A uh, group of us are taking on the LA Rams UK people at bowling in a uh, in a sort of entente cordiale uh, venture. 
Um, and hopefully we might beat the Rams at something this uh, weekend. I'm not, I'm not going to bet for us, but you know, uh, well, there's a chance, there's a slight chance we might beat the Rams at something. So, uh, some Bengals UK people will be taking on LA Rams people at uh, uh, at a bowling alley on Saturday morning, and then of course Saturday night we'll be back down the pub to uh, carry on drinking and to fight with uh, our livers who will probably be screaming as to stop drinking by that stage. Um, on the Friday, though, it's uh, that looks as though where the uh, where the Megals are going to be hosting their stuff. Um, as I say, we still don't know who the legends that are coming over uh, this time around. Last time it was Ken Anderson and Anthony Munoz. We don't know who it's going to be yet. Um, there is something going on in the middle of the afternoon on Friday and then early evening, I believe this is not totally confirmed yet, but early evening, Dan Horde and Dave Lappin will be broadcasting live from the Admiralty, their weekly pep rally. So even in, even if you're in the States, hopefully you'll be able to get a, a flavour of uh, what's going on in the Admiralty on Friday early evening. Uh, and of course, uh, for us British fans, we'll be there. You'll have a chance to meet Lap and Dan, and I think they've got some special guests as well. So yeah, certainly Friday and Saturday are the big days. Uh, we can't wait to uh, meet everyone. We, and I'm also happy to confirm that we, I say we, Bengals UK, will have its own table there at the Admiralty. We'll have some branding there, so you won't be able to miss us. So do come over and say hello, and we'll say hello back, and then we'll start a conversation. And then maybe several hours later and several drinks later, we'll be hugging each other and singing songs and walking not in straight lines to wherever we'll be walking to after the pub. Uh, but seriously, it's it's uh, it's a great occasion. I think everyone will be having lots of uh, fun and making new friends and for that we can't wait that's really what we're in it for friendship and unity and all that kind of stuff and then if we can get a win at the end of the weekend that'd be even better but let's face it that might be a bit of a stretch so we'll concentrate on friendship and unity for now not nudity unity for now <laughs> who knows where the night will take us dear friends and listeners. Um, that's it from me, Paul Hirons. Yeah, uh, we've got stuff uh, coming up on Twitter throughout this week. Do check us out. Uh, do come and say hello to us at the Admiralty. Do tune in to the Pep Rally if you can't come over this time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we can't wait. Nathan will be back at the end of the week on Thursday and Friday. And um, that's about it from me, really. As you can tell, I'm starting to talk quicker because I'm excited just thinking about the weekend. So... Deep breath. It's a who day from me. Until the next time. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.